This is News To Go, your daily news podcast featuring news from various news outlets, heard via our Anchor podcast app and playing on iRadio daily until mid-afternoon. Now the news. With SRN News, I'm Ron DeRochstra. The White House not ruling out imposing new sanctions on Russia's energy sector. Press Secretary Jen Psaki said possible energy sector sanctions are on the table as the U.S. weighs a further response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. She told ABC's This Week that the Biden administration wants to minimize the impact on gas and energy prices if sanctions are imposed. And the U.S. ambassador to the U.N. told CBS's Face the Nation that the U.S. was continuing to look at new and even harsher measures against the Russians. Greg Clugston, Washington. The U.S. for the first time has approved the direct delivery of Stinger missiles to Ukraine. That decision comes on the heels of Germany's announcement they're sending 500 Stingers as well as other weapons and supplies. This all under the umbrella where President Putin is putting his nuclear forces on increased alert and escalating tensions further. The U.S and NATO officials condemning the Russian president for raising mention of his nuclear arsenal. The U.N. getting involved after a meeting yesterday at the Security Council, the two major bodies, the General Assembly holding meetings today, as well as the Security Council, to discuss the latest on the invasion of Ukraine. Also at SRNNews.com, CPAC 2022 in Orlando, Florida, wrapped up earlier on a Sunday. The conservative gathering included some office holders, current office holders, and some uh, aspiring candidates. Georgia Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene had some advice for the wannabe lawmakers. Earn the people's votes. You know, they're going after people's endorsements, and I had hardly any endorsements. And the most important thing and the only thing they need is they need the people's support. So do whatever they can to make sure that they're reaching the people in their district, and that's the best way to get elected. North Korea says it's tested cameras to be installed on a spy satellite. This comes a day after North Korea's neighbors detected a ballistic missile launch. This is SRN News. Most people are willing to talk about the gospel. A poll released by Lifeway Research and Evangelism Explosion International finds that 66% of Americans are open to talking about faith with one of their friends. And 51% would have that same conversation with a complete stranger. Dr. John Sorensen of Evangelism Explosion says, quote, Now, perhaps more than ever, people are open to conversations about faith, yet few Christians actually take the opportunity to engage in personal evangelism. Michael Harrington, SRN News. Police in Toronto investigating an anti-Semitic incident in a middle school. This time a group of students accused of giving the Nazi salute not only to a teacher who was Jewish, but also the daughter of Holocaust survivors. A spokesman for the Toronto District School Board says there will be consequences, and he said there'll be more Holocaust education in their schools starting from middle school on up. This is SRN News. Federal regulators issued a draft environmental impact statement in favor of demolishing four massive dams on Northern California's Klamath River. The report says the plan, aimed at saving imperiled migratory salmon, would carry with it several benefits and pays away for public hearings on the document before a final draft is issued as soon as this summer. It would allow preparations to begin in earnest for taking down the dams. It also sets the stage for the largest dam demolition project in U.S. history. The aging structures were built before current environmental environmental regulations. Bob Agner reporting. The average price of a gallon of gasoline spiked 10 cents over the past two weeks to 3.64 a gallon. That according to industry analyst Trilby Lundberg, who publishes the 
Lundberg survey, she said the jump comes after a rise in crude oil costs amid global supply concerns following last week's invasion of Ukraine by Russia. More details at srnnews.com. I'm Ron DeRockstra. Detailed forecast today, mostly sunny, with a high near 46. East wind 5 to 15 miles per hour becoming south in the afternoon. Winds could gust as high as 20 miles per hour. Tonight partly cloudy, with a low around 32. Southwest wind around 10 miles per hour. Tuesday partly sunny, with a high near 46. West wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tuesday night mostly cloudy, with a low around 30. Northeast wind around 5 miles per hour. Wednesday partly sunny, with a high near 47. Northwest wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Wednesday night mostly cloudy, with a low around 25. Thursday partly sunny, with a high near 35. D&M Resale Shop locates at 915 Baldwin Street Unit 1 in Elkhart is your unique store that is just like a garage sale, but inside a store. Great items for you and your home. It's a store of love run by a local pastor. D&M Resale is open Tuesday through Fridays 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. and Saturdays 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. For more information, call 219-229-1220. That's D&M Resale Shop in the City with a Heart. From the Black Information Network, this is the BIM Daily Update. I'm Mike Stevens. And I'm Vanessa Tyler on your home for 24-7 News, the Black Information Network. We've been telling you about African-American Ketanji Brown-Jackson being selected by President Joe Biden to be his nominee as the first ever black female Supreme Court justice. Here's what some observers have to say. First, black legal scholar Angela Anwachi Willig. She brings a unique perspective, of course, as a black woman with unique experiences. But she brings, first of all, she'll be the first Supreme Court justice who is a who is a public defender. Some of the first Supreme Court justice since Justice Thurgood Marshall, the first black justice on the court, to represent people who were being tried for, for criminal offenses. And this is what former Republican House Speaker and Vice Presidential nominee Paul Ryan said about her a few years ago. Our politics may differ, but my praise for Katanji's intellect, for her character, for her integrity, it's unequivocal. She's an amazing person, and I favorably recommend your consideration. But that previous endorsement does not make her confirmation a sure thing. Current Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell is calling for an exhaustive review of her legal views and judicial philosophy. Black men known for going to barbershops to hang out and talk, as well as to get a shape up, now a coalition of black barbers are training to be mental health counselors. The National Alliance on Mental Health found nearly two-thirds of black people believe a mental health condition is a sign of personal weakness. But this effort is designed to change that for black men and their families. The idea comes from a Harvard University study that found black barbers are gatekeepers of the community and could help bridge the gap when it comes to mental health. Lots of African Americans are moving from 
up north, back down south to safer and more affordable spaces these days. It's a sort of reverse migration. But according to research done by Newsbreak, these cities offer some of the most affordable home rental rates for African Americans. They are Atlanta, Georgia, Raleigh, North Carolina, San Antonio, Texas, and Orlando, Florida. When it comes to COVID vaccines, everyone has their personal reasons why they do or don't want to get the shot. In Sweden, just one in three children between 5 and 11 have been vaccinated. According to one report, that's primarily because parents are concerned about long-term health side effects, including if it could affect children's future fertility. Experts say there's no proof of that. Still, many parents believe it and avoid vaccines. And finally, a black Dallas, Texas husband and wife are doing really well with their wine company. They're among the less than 1% of the wine and spirits industry that are African-American. Chaz and Whitney Gates own Wondery Cocktails and Wines, which is now sold in various Target stores. But there is more to their success story. For us, we really wanted to pay it forward and create more opportunities for more entrepreneurs like ourselves, African-American women and men, to come in and also have the opportunity to pursue their passions as well. So Whitney and Chaz donate a portion of their earnings to other black entrepreneurs to help them get started. I'm Mike Stevens with Vanessa Tyler on your home for 24-7 News, the Black Information Network. This episode is brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Want to hear the shortest scary story ever? Vaping can put toxic metals like nickel, lead, and chromium in your lungs. That's metal in your lungs. The end. Read more about the dangers of vaping on therealcost.gov. I'm Esther Dillard. And I'm Doug Davis on your home for 24-7 News, the Black Information Network. It's possible the United States Supreme Court will reconsider race-based affirmative action in college admissions. The Michigan Chronicle, powered by Real Times Media reports, the justices will be addressing policies at Harvard University and the University of North Carolina. Right now, a student's race counts among the criteria used to decide who enters class at those institutions. Two recent health studies suggest eating a plant-based diet can lower your risk for cancer. The Black Information Network's Julius White has details. Science Alert reports the studies examine health information from nearly 500,000 British residents, revealing cancer risk was about 14% lower for vegetarians and 2% lower for low meat eaters. Research indicates that more African Americans are choosing vegetarian and vegan lifestyles than white people. A January Gallup poll found 31% of non-white Americans reduced their meat consumption in the past year, compared to only 19% of white Americans. For the Black Information Network, I'm Julius White. HBCU Spelman College is set to receive $250,000 that's been held up in legal red tape for about two years. The Chicago Defender, powered by Real Times Media Report, that African-American Grace Scipio, who passed away in 2019 at 94 years old, named her alma mater as a beneficiary. The Illinois Treasury Department just recently agreed to honor her final wishes. 13-year-old African-American DJ Strickland loves comic books, but when he couldn't find many black comic book heroes, he decided to create his own, called Tech Boy. Strickland told NBC's Today the Black Panther, played by Chaswick Bozeman, inspired him to create a character that has has brown skin and locks like him, but with superpowers. In the book, Tech Boy is made by this mysterious scientist. His super 
powers to control technology to defeat villains or anyone who tries to oppose him. Strickland has since turned the idea into a solid business, attracting investors and selling hundreds of copies of his comic books. Way to go, DJ. I'm Esther Dillard, along with Doug Davis, on your home for 24-7 News, the Black Information Network. Now here's Morgan Wood with the Healthy Minute. Guns have overtaken car accidents as the top cause of traumatic deaths in the U.S. A new study published recently says firearm deaths edged out motor vehicle fatalities starting in 2017, a trend that continued in 2018, the most recent year for which the data is available. The study found that suicides accounted for most of the firearm deaths. The research concludes that access to guns in the U.S. has equated to magnitudes of death due to suicides in the same individuals demanding access. Gun homicides, assaults, and police shootings disproportionately impact the black community. Black people experience 10 times the gun homicides, 18 times the gun assault injuries, and nearly three times the fatal police shootings compared to white Americans. 68% of black Americans are homicide victims. That's your Healthy Minute. I'm Morgan Wood on the Black Information Network. This episode is brought to you by Found. Let's be real. Weight loss isn't just diet and exercise. It's also your biology, lifestyle, and environment. Found helps put all these factors into a weight care plan that centers your needs. Their doctors prescribe the right medication, and their coaches help you eat, move, sleep, de-stress, and work toward your weight loss goals. Start today by taking a simple quiz at joinfound.com Spotify and find your personalized weight care plan. Your money on the Black Information Network. Norwegian Cruise Line is reporting a loss in its latest quarterly earnings report. The net loss came out to more than $1.5 billion. Revenue also fell short of expectations, coming in at just under a half billion dollars. As mortgage rates are up, the benefits of refinancing have shrunk or vanished for most homeowners. Even so, there are still millions of borrowers who could save big money with a mortgage refinance. Money.com reports current mortgage rate stands at 3.89% the highest average since May of 2019. At that rate, there are 3.8 million qualified homeowners who could reduce their mortgage rate by at least 0.75 percentage points, according to mortgage data provider Black Knight. Qualified homeowners could save a total of $1 billion per month, reducing their payments by an average of $284 each month, or $3,408 per year. About 750,000 of those homeowners could save at least $400 a month, and half million could save $500 per month or more. According to the report, because the potential savings are significant, you should at least find out whether a refinance makes sense right now. Money news at 24 and 54 minutes past each hour. I'm Julius White on the Black Information Network. Hello and welcome to our show. I'm Zoe Deschanel and I'm so excited to be joined by my friends and castmates, Hannah Simone and Lamorne Morris, to recap our hit television series, New Girl. Join us every Monday on the Welcome to Our Show podcast, where we'll share behind-the-scenes stories of your favorite New Girl episodes. Each week, we answer all your burning questions like, is there really a bear in every episode of New Girl? Plus, you'll hear hilarious stories like this. Fun that fact. was one of your things too. you brought back from Latvia. Yeah, I brought back because a Because all professional <laughs> basketball players. Yeah, it's like a little <laughs> seven-foot hoop. Yeah. Listen to the Welcome to Our Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Download the BIN Daily Update every morning on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for just that neat item? Can't find it anywhere at the big stores? Well, drop by B4 Retail Discount Store located at 23440 US 33 in Dunlap South of Elkhart. They have items at reduced prices. Hey, they're on Facebook too. Open Monday through Friday 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. and weekends 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. That's B4 Retail Shop here in Dunlap. This is President Biden. Please pray for Ukraine. I will be delivering this year's State of the Union address on March 1st. Come watch it. Welcome to 2022 Talks, where we're following our democracy in historic times. We will fight as long as it takes to liberate the country. If children are born in shelters, even when the shelling continues, then the enemy has no chance in this undoubtedly people's war. Speaking through a translator, Ukraine President Vladimir Zelensky defied what he called brutal Russia's attacks. But he also said they'll give long-shot peace talks at the Belarus border a chance. At least 350 civilians in Ukraine have been killed since the invasion began Thursday. As of last night, stiff Ukrainian resistance had repeatedly repelled Russian attempts to take the capital, Kiev, and other large cities amid intense shelling and rocket attacks. Russian President Vladimir Putin ordered his country's nuclear forces on high alert following what he called aggressive statements by NATO countries. The UN will hold an emergency session today that could allow for all 139 members to call for Russia's immediate withdrawal. It'll only be the 11th such meeting since 1950. Meanwhile, Ukraine asked the International Criminal Court in The Hague to impose reparations on Russia, accusing Moscow of planning genocide. Around the world, protests in support of Ukraine were held, including in Washington, D.C. Reports say more than 2,000 anti-war protesters have been arrested in Russia. Those charged could face heavy fines and jail time for protesting without a permit. Members of Congress are back in Washington this week, signaling bipartisan support of economic aid for Ukraine. Chair of the Senate Ukraine Caucus, Rob Portman of Ohio, told Cleveland rallygoers he'll meet with the Ukrainian ambassador to the U.N. today. We're going to talk about the humanitarian aid that's needed to help to combat these cyber attacks because this war has been going on for eight years. To combat the disinformation that is flooding into Ukraine every single day. To ensure that we are tightening these sanctions. Texas Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee believes additional sanctions are also needed. Putin has called this an operation, but it is not an operation. And all of the NATO allies who are freedom-loving, they have acknowledged that this is sheer brutality. The Biden administration is expected to ask Congress for $6 billion in economic and military aid. Former President Donald Trump used his speech at this weekend's Conservative Political Action Conference in Florida as an opportunity to claim that the Russian invasion would never have occurred under his watch. The problem is not that Putin is smart, which of course he's smart, but the real problem is that our leaders are dumb. Putin is playing Biden like a drum. Trump teased a 2024 presidential run and later emerged as the clear winner in the conference's straw poll. Nearly 60 percent of those asked support Trump as the GOP nominee, while 28 percent support Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. I'm Mary Sherman for Pacifica Network and Public News Service. Find our eight trust indicators to support transparency and accuracy at publicnewsservice.org. From Feature Story News in London, I'm Ollie Barrett.
A Ukrainian delegation is at the Belarus border for talks with Russia. Kiev says it doesn't expect a major breakthrough, but is calling for an immediate ceasefire and withdrawal of Russian troops. The UK says Russia's invasion of Ukraine is in chaos. Defence Secretary Ben Wallace says Moscow's plans have not played out as expected. He warns Vladimir Putin could significantly escalate military action to speed up progress. But he insists Moscow has so far not been getting its way. The Russians have still failed to take a number of their key objectives, the, the, the two big cities up in the northeast of the country, actually quite close to the Russian border, have put up a, not only a good resistance, they've actually repelled the Russians. They haven't even gone near the west of the country yet. They've only focused on their own border cities, which they haven't managed to take. They have a bit more success down in Crimea. From They broke out of Crimea and are heading, funny enough, back towards Russia to the sort of breakaway republics and those two cities there. But fundamentally, what they are clearly trying to do is encircle Kiev and, and at the moment they haven't been successful. They are taking casualties on a daily basis. They are a little in chaos in some areas. Their logistics supply chains are slowing. European Union officials and ministers are following up on plans to purchase lethal arms for the Ukrainian army. The never-before-seen move is part of the bloc's broader response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Rosie Birchard reports from Brussels. Brussels is busy hashing out the details of its response to the conflict in Ukraine. Energy ministers from the EU's 27 member states are due to meet to discuss the impact of the invasion on energy markets and how to further reduce EU dependence on Russian gas. Separately, the bloc's top diplomat announced defence ministers were to meet on Monday to follow up on EU plans to provide lethal weapons to Ukraine's army, an unprecedented move that the EU has described as a watershed moment. Meanwhile, the bloc's Home Affairs Commissioner Ilva Johansson is travelling to the border between Romania and Ukraine to lay out a clearer path forward on the EU's refugee reception plans. Rosie Burchard, Brussels. Japan is considering imposing sanctions on Belarusian officials over the crisis. Belarus is allowing the passage of Russian troops to Ukraine. Phoebe Amoroso reports from Tokyo. Japan could sanction Belarusian individuals, including top officials. Tokyo is also coordinating to put pressure on Moscow. Kishida announced Sunday that Japan would block access by some Russian banks to the SWIFT international payment system, joining a move by the United States and European Union. It will also freeze assets held by Russian President Vladimir Putin and other Russian government officials. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken tweeted that Japan's comprehensive financial sanctions mirror those of the U.S. and demonstrate the two allies' unity and resolve to end what he called Russia's war of choice. Phoebe Amoroso, Tokyo. From bureaus worldwide, this is FSN. This is News Source 1 Michiana. Elkhart South Bend. Hi, I'm Pastor Joel of Heart City Church. Have you ever heard the dash poem? Let me read it. I read of a man who stood to speak at the funeral of a friend. He referred the dates on his tombstone from the beginning to the end. He noted that first came the date of his birth and spoke of the following date with tears. But he said what mattered most of all was the dash between those ears. For that dash represents all the time that he spent alive on earth. And now only those who loved him know what that little line is worth. For it matters not how much we own, the cars, the house, the cash. What matters is how we live in love and how we spend our dash.
So what do you think of the dash poem? I think it's pretty good. I read this when I perform funerals to encourage loved ones who knew the departed to get up front and recall memories about this person's life, to tell us what their dash was all about. I want us to take a moment to consider our own dash as we listen to Psalm 71, which appears to be to the work of a saint who is nearing life's end. It begins, In you, Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, rescue me and deliver me. Turn your ear to me and save me. We can tell that this dear saint is going through some adversity, and he immediately turns to God for help. And what is the issue? Well, he'll go on in this psalm to say that wicked people are seeking to bring him down. What a horrible thing to happen to a person when they're in the winter of their life. What hope might an older saint, a believer, have in such a situation? The same hope that has sustained them their whole life. Listen to verses 5 and 6. For you have been my hope, sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. From birth I have relied on you. You brought me forth from my mother's womb. I will ever praise you. Do you find this hope to be remarkable? I barely remember anything as a young person, much less as a baby, and much less my reliance on God at that point. Yet this man's faith moves beyond the limits of memory so that he can give God the glory for the whole of his existence. This man is so God-centered that he wants no part of his life to be remembered without his God's active participation in sustaining him. Now he'll go on again to speak more of the bitterness of his life, but he returns to his continual hope and what it produces. Listen to verse 14 and 15. As for me, I will always have hope. I will praise you more and more. My mouth will tell of your righteous deeds, of your saving acts all day long, though I know not how to relate them all. Again, his hope in God produces praise. He's counting his blessings, naming them one by one. And there are so many, and they're so great in his eyes that he doesn't even know how to relate them. He runs out of words to employ to communicate all that God has done for him. But that doesn't stop him from wanting to keep trying all the way to the end. Check out verse 18. Even when I am old and gray, do not forsake me, my God, till I declare your power to the next generation your mighty acts to all who are to come. Here is a man nearing the end of his life, and as he anticipates declining health, what does he ask for? God, please give me a comfortable retirement. <laughs> no. Please, God, just let me relax and collect seashells on the beach. <laughs> Not a chance. This guy wants as much time as is needed so as to let the next generation know about how almighty God is. His greatest concern is that his grandkids and great-grandkids might miss out on hearing about all of God's mighty acts. And there is no more important news in the world than God and his mighty works in our history. Can you imagine going to his funeral, listening to his loved ones talk about his life, his dash, I think younger sister Sally would get up and say, all I can say is that he was just gaga for God. His daughter might say, well, he had a most bitter life, yet he smiled all day long, 
and he would always say that all things work together for good because of God. And maybe his grandson would say, I remember he would read Bible stories to me until he thought I was asleep. And when he finished reading, he'd pray, and I'd sometimes peek to see his kind face, eyes closed, tears coming down, pleading that God would make my heart good soil for the seeds he'd sown. And God answered his prayer, because I am now telling God's mighty deeds to my children. Hmm. This man's dash from beginning to end was about the glory of God. And he even believed that it wasn't over. He'll later say that God would one day restore his life and raise him up. His hope in God never ended. Friend, this encourages me to finish my dash strong. So let's help our loved ones with our eulogies by making sure that they are a testimony to the greatness of our God, who, yes, long after this psalm was penned, showed us he does raise the dead so they can continue to praise him. My friend, remember who you are and who you belong to. Last Tuesday evening, I officiated at the funeral of Dustin Carr. Dustin Carr was a young man who was shot and killed at Papa John's Pizza up here on Cassapa Street back on February 13th. And one of the points I made in my message that night was that you can't take life for granted. Because life can change so quickly. And that life can sometimes be very, very unfair to us. I mean, who would have thought a month ago that, that all those people who were minding their own business and, and going about their daily lives would be sitting in a funeral home on a Tuesday evening for their husband and their dad and their son? Their once peaceful lives were, were turned upside down in an instant. Peacefulness turned into chaos with the pull of a trigger. In a way, this is what's going on in Job's life as well. Job's peaceful life turned into chaos in the blink of an eye. One minute life was good, and, and all of a sudden it was all completely gone. His house was destroyed, his cattle was destroyed, his children were all killed. And Job, well, Job broke out in, in leprosy, and he had boils all over his body when all this happened. And it all happened in one day. And to make matters worse, he had a he had a nagging wife. He had a nagging wife who was constantly begging him to, to, to curse God so that he die because she thought that he would be better off dead than suffering the way he was. And Job had four friends who were trying to be helpful by telling him why all this happened to him. And, and they all four said that it was Job's fault that he was being punished. They told him that God is always fair. And the only reason all this is happening is because Job had somehow sinned. And, and because he sinned, he was paying the price 
for what he had done because God was getting even with him. All four of his friends had their own interpretation about God and about who God was, and and they each spoke for a long time, and they each spoke loudly with authority. One by one, they gave their opinion about God and about his ways, and after each would finish, Job would get up and offer a rebuttal with his own opinion. All this goes on for 23 chapters in the Bible. Back and forth and back and forth. And finally, finally, Job's had enough of the whole thing. Despite having leprosy and and boils all over him, despite hurting and, and feeling terrible, he stood up and for six long chapters, Job gave his own thoughts and his own opinions about God. For six long chapters, Job continued on and on and on. He took it upon himself, I guess we could say, to to serve as both a theologian and a scholar that day. He took it upon himself to explain God, to define God, and, and to review God. And as he proceeded through this long dissertation on God, it was though he knew more about God and about who God was and what God did than God himself. Job had put himself up on this on this pedestal as a as an expert on God. He questioned this and he questioned that. He he had an answer for this and he had an answer for that. He knew why God did this and he knew why God did it. Job knew everything there was to know about the ways of God, but the the more he talked, the louder he got. And the louder he got, the more agitated he became with God. And perhaps rightly so. Because you see, we're told at the very beginning of Job's story that he was a, he was a righteous man. He had a good relationship with God. He lived what we might call a, a godly life. He loved God. God was number one in his life. He went to church every Sunday. He even tithed 15% of his income, more than he had to, because of his love and his respect for God. And now, all of a sudden, for, for some own reason, his life has been turned upside down in an instant. Death and destruction and and pain and agony. And and after giving his life to God and doing everything that God wanted him to, God turned on him. God decided to punish him for some unknown reason, and, and Job couldn't figure it out. And that's kind of the same thing I heard the other night at, at this young man's funeral. I heard people asking the same questions. Questions from people who were like us, people who professed to have a relationship with Jesus, people who were Christians, but they kept asking, why? 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 Why would all this happen? Why would this happen to a 37-year-old guy who, who wouldn't do anything to hurt a fly or an ant? Why have all this pain cast upon his family, a family that, that minded their own business and, and, and never caused any trouble? Why would God pick on these people? So Job went off in a rant. He started cursing the day he was born. 
And from there, old Job was off and running. Or maybe we should say he was off and complaining, I guess would be better. Hurling one protest after another at God. Hurling one impatient charge after another. Where is this God that makes me live my life like this? Where is this God that causes me pain and suffering? Where is this God that makes my life miserable? Where is this God that makes me feel depressed? Where is this God who's ruined my life for no good reason? And then he goes on to say, God has no right to treat me like this. It isn't fair. If I, if I knew where to find him, I'd go straight to him. I'd lay my case before him face to face. I'd look him right square in the eye and I'd give him all my arguments. And I'd find out exactly what he's thinking and I'd find out what's going on in that brain of his. It's hard to imagine, isn't it? It's hard to imagine God treating a God-fearing, righteous man like Job that way. It's hard to imagine. It's hard to imagine God allowing someone who wouldn't hurt an ant or a flea to be shot to death. It's hard to imagine. It's hard to imagine that God would, would allow someone that's given their life to him, that, that comes to church every Sunday and puts money on the offering plate, to have anything in their life but peace. It's hard to imagine that God would allow a, a good, righteous, church-going person, and people like us even, if you come to stop and think about it, why would God allow good, church-going people like us to have health problems and financial problems and family problems or any type of problem at all. It doesn't seem right. Especially after we've all we've done for God and all we've done for this church. You would think that people who follow God like we do certainly deserve better than suffering and agony and pain and problems. We deserve better, and we need to know why we are like we are. Job thought that his, his pain and his suffering would be more bearable if he, if he knew why he was suffering. and Why didn't God choose him, he wondered. What did he do wrong? And, and if he was guilty of some sort of sin, all you got to do, God, is, is tell me what it is, and I'll repent, and, and I'm sorry for what I did, and I'll start over. So I wonder this morning, are, are, are you like Job? Is that what you think? Do you think that just because you decided to give God control of your life that everything's going to be smooth and no rough road ahead of you? Do you think giving our lives to God automatically guarantees us a problem-free life? Are we exempted from, from suffering and agony and pain and troubles? In the third chapter of Ecclesiastes, King Solomon looked back over his entire lifetime. And he looked at all the good things and all the bad things, and he, he, had, and he concluded that our lives are filled with beginnings 
and endings are what he calls seasons. Some of these seasons, he said, last a long time and some not so long. Some of them are good and some of them are bad. He said there's a time for everything, a season for every activity under heaven. For instance, he wrote there's a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to love and a time to hate, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to grieve and a time to dance. What Solomon in his old age came to discover, and it took him an entire lifetime to do this, is that there are no guarantees in life. There are no guarantees, you see, because, because we are not in control of our lives. God has a plan for each and every one of us, and try as we might, it's not up to us to determine what seasons come into our lives And it's not up to us to determine how long these seasons that do come into our lives are going to last. It's all up to God. God makes the decisions because God is ultimately in charge. Think about this for a minute. There are no guarantees on how long we're going to live. And there are no guarantees as to what's going to happen to us while we're here on earth. We aren't guaranteed good health. We aren't guaranteed financial stability. We aren't guaranteed a place to live. We aren't guaranteed food. When it comes right down to it, we don't, we aren't guaranteed much. We aren't guaranteed we're going to wake up tomorrow morning. Simply because God is responsible for the timing and the length of everything that happens in our lives. And Solomon goes on to say then that the secret to accepting all of these different seasons in our lives, whether they be good seasons or bad seasons, short seasons or long seasons, is simply by accepting and trusting in God. By having faith in God. By being at peace with God and accepting his perfect timing for everything that happens in our lives. Trust In God. Be at peace with God. Accept his perfect timing for everything that happens. No matter what happens. That's our faith. As Christians, that's what we have to live with. To to survive on. To get us through the day. To get us through tomorrow. To get us through the future. So whether you have a a lot of faith or whether you're just starting out on your faith journey doesn't really matter because, you see, our faith isn't going to, to eliminate our pain and our suffering. Nor will our faith stop us from questioning God why what's going on in our lives is going on. And our faith isn't going to help us create some type of a logical explanation for what's going on in our lives. And yet, even though we can't see him, he's always there. We see him when the sun comes up in the morning in the east. And he's there when the sun goes down at night in the west. We see him in the moon and we see him in the stars. We see him in the, in the changing of the seasons. 
We see when the cold wind comes in from the north, and we see when the warm summer breezes come in from the south. And we know that God is still there, despite what's going on in our lives. You see, our faith is meant to remind us that God is in control of everything. Even though pain and suffering doesn't make a whole lot of sense to us, and sometimes talking about our faith in the middle of our pain and suffering doesn't make a lot of sense. But placing your life in the hands of the only one that can take care of you during your suffering makes a whole lot of sense. That's the only logical action a person can take when you stop and think about it. You see, Job wasn't fully aware of it, but, but his, his season of suffering would help him understand God better. It would bring him closer to God, more close than he'd ever been before. It is our faith. It's our faith, it's our total reliance on God, and it is our total submission to the will of God that brings us closer to him during the most difficult times of our lives. Let me read that again to you. It is our faith, our total reliance on God, and it is our total submission to the will of God that brings us closer to him during the most difficult times of our lives. Life isn't fair, and you know that as well as I know it. None of us are exempt from problems, no matter who we are, where we come from, what we've done in the past. Whether we're the world's biggest sinner or we're the world's most God-fearing person, it, it really doesn't matter. And if something has turned your world upside down, even if it, it seems to be as, as big and unmovable as a mountain, turn your eyes away from that mountain and, and turn your eyes toward God. No matter what's going on, no matter how big that mountain is, God is there and God will take care of you and God will strengthen your faith. God is with you. Let him quiet you. Let him comfort you. Let him strengthen you. And if you do, then you'll be able to overcome all the obstacles that life throws at you. Amen. This is News Source 1 Michiana, Elkhart South Bend, 2010-2011.